Welcome to Hands on Health, the podcast all about living your healthiest life on the coast. I'm your host, Felicia Struve. I sat down with two exercise gurus, Brett Ralston and Chad Rankin. Brett is an exercise physiologist in the CMH Cardiac and Pulmonary Rehab Program, and Chad is a certified athletic trainer who works in the clinic and on the field. They are a wealth of knowledge. If you are getting back into exercising, stick with me for some great practical advice on building an exercise habit. All right, so I am joined today by Brett Ralston and Chad Rankin. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So I, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe, Brett, would you go first? Yeah. So I'm an exercise physiologist in cardiac and pulmonary rehab. I've been at CMH since 2016, uh, almost exactly four years I started. And I've been in cardiac and pulmonary rehab since 2010. I moved from Missoula, Montana, worked at St. Patrick Hospital there in the cardiac and pulmonary rehab department. What do you do as an exercise physiologist with cardiac and pulmonary rehab patients? What what does your job entail? So what we are is we're kind of the, the bridge between patients being discharged from their hospital if they had an event, usually a cardiac event in, in our case. Uh, so somebody had a heart attack, somebody had uh, maybe open heart surgery, and then they're discharged from the hospital, and we set up their their treatment between you know the next couple months. It's typically about three to four months of of rehab, and we go ahead and contact doctors and get them referred into the program. And then my job is to make sure that we set up an exercise program that's safe for them, that'll uh, promote the most health benefits for them, and hopefully the most healing process for them as they're recovering from their, their event. So you are working with people who may not have exercised in decades. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. So very deconditioned. Um, usually the people that are really deconditioned though, that go into a procedure like that, take a little longer to get back up to, to speed. Um, but we see progress almost in all the patients. In fact, one of our, in order to get reimbursed for the program through Medicare, we actually have to show there's progress in their treatment and their plan. Wonderful. Well, Chad, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? Yeah. Okay. So I'm a certified athletic trainer. Um, I have been a certified athletic trainer since 2000. I've been at CMH since uh, the fall of 2011. So uh, nine years, actually. And uh, I work with sports athletes in the area at the local high schools, evaluation of sports injuries, treatment, and, and uh, sometimes some rehabilitation, like I was doing with a student this morning and things. Let's see. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, and so, therefore, I'm a huge Steelers fan, and I like to give Brett a lot of grief about his Cowboys. <laughs> so, Hopefully that wasn't going to come uh, up. <laughs> well, actually, that uh, I think when we were talking earlier, you guys were throwing a little mud because uh, w was one of your teams not as well conditioned as the other? Is that what I was hearing? Oh, the Cowboys have had a bunch of injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Some that couldn't have been avoided anyway. They were, you know, traumatic. But uh, yeah, so, yeah in, in discussing this topic, that's kind of why I brought it up uh, was the fact that uh, the rates of injuries uh, are exponentially increased 
uh, because of the COVID layoff and things like that too. So that was kind of the idea of the, the lay person kind of getting back into exercise. It's been quarantined for a while. Yeah, yeah. So you guys have kindly joined us today to talk about how, if, for those of us who may have hold up inside for months, or maybe, you know, now that we're into the winter, it's really getting hard for a lot of people to get out and be active. Just how to get back to it without without hurting yourself and and just why it's so important. So right. thank you. No problem. I think you guys are the ideal people to tell us why exercise is such an important part of, of a healthy life. What are the benefits and why do we need to take this as seriously as we do as breathing and eating and sleeping? Well, there's many benefits actually. Uh, I, I think the biggest reason is that exercise has been shown to decrease your chances of mortality, right? So you can live longer essentially, basically. So by having healthy exercise habits, which can help in every other area, you sleep better, you feel better, uh, your daily activities go better, even even uh, cognition and, and memory uh, improve and those, those sorts of things uh, whenever you are active and healthy. You know, um, people who actually, you know, I, I know from, you know, going through quarantine and things like that, um, sitting around, you know, <laughs> you really start to, to feel sluggish and not uh, wanting to do things as well, I guess, or, or pay as much attention to things. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, the benefits are are many, but uh, I think the, the biggest is, you know, hey, you can live a longer life. Your mortality rate goes down. So, yeah. And isn't it also true that you can live uh, not only longer, but like better into an older age? Like you experience, people who are active experience a healthier, I don't know what you call it. Like basically you're not sick for the last 10 years of your life, or you're not as likely to be sick for the last 10 years. It's the quality of life goes yeah. goes up tremendously. And I mean, you, you risk bone loss, even as and as we get older, we all start to reduce our, our bone density. And so it's important to maintain muscle strength as we as we get older, reduce the risk of injury. So co comorbidities like Chad was talking about and risk factors for heart disease go way down. Uh, just the risk of diabetes and how prevalent Pre diabetes is in the population. That's improved tremendously. We, uh, our body recognizes glucose better. Our, we're more insulin. We have more sensitivity to the insulin with the exercise. So the science behind it is, it's pretty tremendous uh, how important it is. But talking about quality of life, I think that's, for me personally, I think that's, that's the most important aspect. People that can enjoy their life as they get older. Because we do, we all will slow down eventually. We're not going to be able to run the marathons and things we might have been able to do it as in our youth. So that brings up the question of what counts as exercise? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, really, seriously, what counts? Well, the definition of it is actually it's planned and it's structured. So activity is important. It's we encourage that. We encourage people to park further away from the store so you can walk a little bit more, take the stairs instead of the elevator, those kinds of things. But I think it's important to also understand that exercise is routine. It's it's something, it's a regimen. It's something that we plan and it's structured. And there, the research out there is endless on how 
exercise, if it's planned and structured, just like your daily routine of brushing your teeth or taking your medications at the same time, shows benefit that to also include that exercise into your, your daily lifestyle. The guidelines from American College of Sports Medicine suggest that we should exercise 150 minutes at a moderate intensity per week in order to receive the, the heart or health benefits from, from that cardiovascular so that's, point. Is that, that's 30 minutes a day for five days a week or like roughly what, 25 minutes a day? Yeah, you can split it up however you want as long as you maintain 10 minutes of continuous exercise. So we still see the, the benefits if somebody does 10 minutes three times a day to get 30 minutes that day, we still see the cardiovascular benefits, improve blood pressures, uh, improve, improve resting blood pressure, heart rate, resting heart rate, uh, seeing the risk of diabetes going down, the risk of weight gain, um, a lot of the even cholesterol values, we've, we've seen improvements with 150 minutes a week. So, mm -hmm. And how quickly do people, let, let's say somebody who's sedentary, how quickly do they start to see benefits of, of exercise? I know day two, you're probably feeling sore if you've just started something, but after that, well, you can make what, what's called initial gains in the first two weeks, and that's great, but it can be dangerous if you overdo it, right? Okay. So uh, just like you're saying, you know, sore from day two, what you're talking about is what's called delayed onset muscle soreness. So somebody who has not exercised for, say, weeks, months, or even years, um, they, they may start into uh, just a walking program, and uh, they're, they're going a little too fast or they're going a little too long uh, because in that first day or two, they feel fine, they feel great, and they kind of push the envelope a little bit. Uh, but delayed onset muscle soreness is a buildup of lactic acid uh, that pools in the muscle bellies, you know, like your quads and, and your glutes and your calves, um, uh, things like that. And then, you know, on day three, you know, usually about that 72 hour mark after your initial exercise, that's when people are like, man, I can barely sit down because my legs hurt. Right. I don't wanna walk up the stairs. Uh, you know, and it almost feels like an injury to them. And they may even go to their doctor because they think, hey, I, I injured myself. Well, not really. You just need to kind of, uh, you overdid it and you need to give your body time to get rid of that lactic acid out of your system. You can do certain things, stretching uh, and, and ice to try and alleviate that. But it can be quite painful if you really go too hard, too fast. Uh, but like I was saying, the initial gains um, uh, in the first two weeks, you can really see see that. Um, it, it's quite evident. And uh what happens is people end up after that initial two weeks, they kind of start to plateau a bit. And then that's when, they, you know, they're three weeks or four weeks into an exercise program and they're like, well, I'm not getting any better. So then they quit. <laughs> and then that becomes a problem because it's like, well, you don't, you don't want to quit. You just want to find uh, the, the next level that, that you can get to safely and, and exercise. So, Well, so that brings up the question, you know, Brett, you said it has to be planned. That's part of it being exercise instead of activity. So if we are planning our approach and we don't want to overdo it in the beginning, but then we know that we're going to face this plateau period, how do you structure an exercise program that is safe, that is motivating, that people see enough gains early enough to continue going and that they get over that plateau? I think it's important to make sure you're setting up short-term goals as you're exercising one, it develops that self-autonomy, like I actually accomplished something and I achieved it. And so that's an important behavior that we want to encourage, especially in our patients here in cardiac rehab. 
to setting up the short-term goals, starting out easy. I mean, all of us want to jump into it and run that six and a half or seven minute mile like we did back in our youth. But you have to understand that you've been deconditioned for a while. You've been in quarantine. You haven't been doing much exercise. So it's really critical on your, your body system to start out slow and make sure that what you're doing isn't hard exertion. It's maybe somewhat hard or, or fairly light and making sure you get more focus on endurance and, and your time that you're doing it versus how intense it is. You don't want the intensity to be too high when you start out. So that's that's part of the, I think, the structure that we put into it and try to encourage with, with everybody. Hey there, it's Felicia. Thanks for listening. I'd love to include your questions or comments in an upcoming episode. To leave me a message, please call 503-338-4654. If you've got a health question, I'll do my best to get you an expert answer. Again, that number is 503-338-4654. Now let's get back to our guest. Well, I, uh, just a little personal note, my, I went home one day and I said, okay, I got to, I got to do something. I have to get out. I have, I, I need to start running again. Um, and I was a, a college athlete. So mm-hmm. for me, there's been a great fall from, from grace on the exercise front. But, um, I, I said this to my kids. I said, I, I want to run a 5k. I'm going to try for a turkey trot, which of course it's around the corner now and I'm not there. But the great thing was they said to me, we'll do it with you. Mm-hmm. And let's not just do a 5K. Let's do the Fort to Sea Trail, <laughs> oh, no. which of course is terribly daunting. <laughs> but it's all downhill from, from depending our on where area. You start. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll go downhill. But you know, I like what you said, Brett, about focus at first on the amount of time, the endurance. That you know, if I'm going to go out and run for 30 minutes. I, if I, as long as I finish my 30 minutes, even if I'm not running the whole time, that's, it sounds like that's the place to start. Don't set too high of expectations for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially if you do have, if you were that person who could run the six and a half, seven minute mile, which I never could, but if you were that person, uh, yeah, you expect to be able to get back to that. Oh, I, you know, I could train for five or six weeks and be there. Right. But <laughs> when you hit 40, 50 years old, 60 years old, it doesn't, doesn't happen quite that fast anymore. Does it? No, I think we have to realize the new norms. I mean, as we're realizing with the way our lifestyle is now, we have, we all have new norms and we have mm-hmm. to set our goals a little under what we used to set them as to prevent injury. And ultimately long-term we want to be able to continue something, an exercise program, a structured program versus like Chad was talking about developing an injury. And that's the field Chad works in is with these kids that and people that have exercised to the point of exhaustion or overloaded their, their system. So now they're, they're struggling with a knee injury or hip injury Mm -hmm. and that sets you back that much further. So. so we need to give up this idea that we have to run until we throw up or we got to push it until we feel the pain, feel the burn, essentially. Yeah. Need yeah. Not that much. The, the, yeah. The old adage, no pain, no pain, no gain. Don't, don't follow that. That's, that's not a good one to follow. <laughs> I think that was from the <laughs> 80s, right? <laughs> right. 
But uh, yeah, I think with, with age, maybe we can't do what we needed to uh, or what we could have when we were younger. Uh, however, we have the benefit of experience actually in, in knowing what, what your limits are a little bit more, actually, because uh, when I'm working with those high school athletes, they feel like they're bulletproof. I can go out there, I can jump this high and I can run this fast and I can lift all that weight and things, you know, um, trying to, you know, show off to their friends or trying to keep up with other kids that they play and compete with, that sort of thing. But then they end up injuring themselves and then they come talk to me and then they wonder why they hurt, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So. Um, I, I think, you know, like you say, starting from the beginning, you know, kind of measure your, where you're at, you know, what your resting heart rate is. Your resting heart rate should be, you know, ideally somewhere between 60 and 70 beats per minute uh, at rest. Uh, and then whenever you start with exercise, everybody's going to be, you know, depending on your level of conditioning, everybody's going to be at a different level. So uh, when, when Brett says moderate exercise, you want to kind of get that heart rate up 20 to 30 beats above that resting heart rate for that 10 minute period. And, and as you work up to that that 30 minutes, once once you get to 30 minutes uh, in, in a session, then you can consider, you know, going five and six days a week. Uh, but it is a progression, you know, and, and you do need to take a couple of weeks to get up to that uh, orthopedically from that to so that you can condition your soft tissues to prevent the, that tendonitis or to prevent, you know, those muscle strains and, and things like that. So. Uh, I, I would say uh, the other thing is make sure that you have a good level of uh, hydration as well, too. Uh, people should drink half their body weight in ounces of water a day, ideally, to stay hydrated. Uh, so just take your body weight and, and find a bottle that's 12 ounces and know that you have to drink X amount of water bottles in a day, that sort of thing. Hydration is very important, uh, you know, not only for muscle function, but it also helps stabilize blood pressure and things like that, too. Don't exercise when you haven't eaten all day, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, low blood sugars can cause lightheadedness, you know, and, and faint and that sort of thing, too. Uh, and after exercise, it's a good uh, idea to get some uh, sources of protein, about about six to eight grams uh, of protein after exercise to help with muscle synth synthesis and things like that. So something like a simple glass of chocolate milk after an exercise uh, workout um, can give you that source of protein that you need. And uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, I started to go off on some No, I, I think... Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to end today. I know we have so much that we can go into, but I'd love to end today with like, what's your one piece of advice for someone who's getting back into exercising or maybe for the, for the first time? It's hard to have just one piece of advice. I know, that's, that's a big, big, big thing to compress. Well, I think it's like Brett said, setting up your goals. You really need to, before you start, you got to set those goals. Where am I at and where do I want to get to, you know, and, and be modest and, and don't, Beat yourself up if initially you don't make those short-term goals, you know, that sort of thing. Just realize, hey, I just have to readjust, that sort of thing. So uh, set, set those goals, try and stick to them. But I, I guess maybe the one takeaway point is once you start, don't quit. Make it part of your active, everyday, you know, lifestyle. Like Brett was saying, park further away from the grocery store and take the stairs instead of the elevator, those sorts of things. Just little things like that can really kind of make a difference in, in your overall health. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it goes back to habits. It's always habits, isn't yeah. it? it? It's a lifestyle change, really, you know, from yeah. <laughs> the convenience that we have of everything today, right? Right, right. Yeah. Deliver my groceries to my house, right? And that sort of thing. <laughs> so. Well, so maybe if you get your groceries delivered, now you need to take a walk around the block a couple times. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, safety. What about you, Brad? I would say my... De definitely safety. And that starts with your goals. I mean, making realistic goals... The, you know, the smart analogies 
specific goals to things that you want to accomplish, but being safe about those and starting out, as Chad mentioned, hydrated, proper nutrition, just to make sure as you're going into this, you're not going to worsen your health. You're here exercises to improve health. And so being safe about it, uh, realistic goals. I think that's, that's it. So in terms of, um, a realistic goal and, um, sort of a modest goal, as you, as you both mentioned, getting up and taking a 10 minute walk through the halls in your house. Is that for some people, that's like the place to start. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, many people have fitness trackers these days, you know, so, uh, you could count the number of steps that you walked in a 10 minute period and, and a goal can be, well, you know, next time I want to walk a hundred steps further or, 300 steps mm -hmm. or something like that, you know, or add a set of stairs into that or something like that. Uh, you know, with COVID, you know, exercising indoors is not, you know, really recommended right now. Unfortunately, the weather is kind of pushing us all indoors right now. So, uh, so it can be difficult to find the right work environment and, and that sort of stuff, but got to get creative with those sorts of things these days. And you mean by exercising indoors, you mean like at a gym or at the pool or those Person things, door. not right. like in your house. Yeah. I mean, right now that actually the governor's order is all down, <laughs> actually, yeah. right? Uh, except for us here at the hospital, because it's a considered medical necessity. It's prescribed exercise by doctors, that sort of thing. We follow all the guidelines in here and things too. So to do our best to provide care uh, safely. Right, right. Well, thank you both for joining me today. I. I think this is such a an important topic for so many of us and uh, getting that sort of remedial help on how to get back into it when unfortunately most of us who gave up being active when we, you know, went out into the workforce, we're <laughs> yeah. starting to pay for it now with achy joints and whatnot. So I know that doesn't include you too, but uh, they, have, they have a saying over at rehab, they, motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. The more you move, the better you move. All right. All yes. right. <laughs> I might put that on my wall as a little motivation. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Felicia Struvi, and this has been an episode of Hands-On Health, brought to you by Columbia Memorial Hospital.